0: and welcome to love letters a podcast about the games shows and movies most important to us i'm your host jesse munro sitting down with a special guest tonight to discuss a movie in this case that's very important to him uh today that guest is the human equivalent of an atlas you may know him from his role on various fan critical podcasts or his professional indoor soccer career don't get me confused the director of the raid but he has directed a film if you have seen the mystery of the missing cornflake it's the ever-wonderful Mr. Gareth Evans. How are you doing, buddy?
1: Hi, mate. I'm, I'm very well. Um, I didn't know you knew about the mystery of the missing cornflake. Uh, that, was that on IMDb, is it? Or I have done
0: some investigating, sir. <laughs> no, no. I found it on the dark web. I found a copy of it. Okay. Yeah. Look, let's cut to the trace here. I did ask Simon, your brother. Uh, those listening may know Simon Evans from other Story Mode podcasts. Um. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, these two are brothers. So I did ask Simon yep. for some um, goss on you, and the only thing that was sort of um, suitable and G-rated enough for this podcast, a, lo- a lot of very, very dark accusations against you guys. Yeah, but
1: they're unproven. They're unproven. But he mentioned so.
0: that in, in uni, uh, you directed a film called The Mystery of the Missing Cornflake. Um, what's, what's mm. Do you know about?
1: what? As, as ever, Simon is about 74% right. Um, he's actually he's amalgamated two films there. So um, there, there was one called uh, The Mystery of the Missing Quiche uh, that I directed at uni. Um, whereas the Cornflake, the Cornflake film was um, <laughs> actually that was done at uni as well. But that was a, that was as a that was a Christmas present for a friend. I, I made a little film for him.
0: I thought you were going to say with a Christmas special.
1: What were they about? <laughs> yeah, we followed up the followed up the missing quiche. Um, well, uns- I mean, the missing quiche is a story of um, marital turmoil and depravity.
0: What is happening in England? Um,
1: and the the cornflake, the Christmas cornflake, um, is a is a story about a cornflake. Um, we're a creative bunch, you know. England gave gave the world, um, you know. Kate Bush, David Bowie, Christopher Nolan. Oh, um, you know,
0: you know, you're you're um casting in a, a intricate web of of uh, of different talents of yours. Speaking of webs, <laughs> you just killed a spider. Now, yeah, yeah. I've known Gareth, I've known you for about twenty eight years. Um, yeah, and you've always been scared of spiders, arachnophobe. But you just saved your family. Do tell, regale us with a tale.
1: Yeah, in like yeah, I've known you somewhere between nine and twenty-eight years. That's, that's somewhere within that range. Million, um, million but million you're years. right. I have, I, I have. I, I'm a full-on arachnophobe. Like I, I get this when I see a particularly large spider. Um, when I see them move. There is like a a fuzziness that goes on in my head. I can't, it's hard to describe, but it's like a, it's like a sort of noise, noise. And it sort of, it inhibits me from, from thinking properly and I freeze up and over the last week I have had to terminate two huntsman spiders, which, you know, for, for anybody Mm. who doesn't know. They're fucking big, and they're they're, they're awful, and um, yeah, they they really trigger my phobia. For,
0: like, for any non-Australians, they're as big as a dog.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> they kind of are. And I had one last week that was in the garage. But you
0: know, you saved your family. I was quite, I was quite impressed.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I but I but I had one in the garage the the other day, um, and <laughs> I was so scared of it that it was huge it's the biggest spider I've ever killed. I had to get a rake but the thing literally fought the rake It didn't die when I squashed it with the rake it got up on like its hind legs um, much like a dog and like attacked the rake it was horrendous so I'm a bit shaken to be fair you are
0: also exceptionally weak
1: well yeah I, I mean yeah. Fine, I acknowledge that, however- Physi- Physically, you bravery really is... unmatched. Yeah, correct. Physically, physical strength is not my strength. I will acknowledge that. However, I should still be capable of squashing a spider with a rake.
0: I think that's what makes us such a good team. Okay, We both have different skills <laughs> that complement each other. Okay, You have the brains, I've got the brawn, yeah. I've got the looks, you can drive. Okay, we can really make okay. a great team together. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had my own little um, uh, mission uh, pre-podcast. Now we were meant to record this podcast about a week ago. Things have come up, and then we were like, "No, Thursday, eight o'clock, lock it in." And then it came became Thursday, eight thirty, lock it in. Done. Sick. Yeah. And then I decided to cook a risotto for the first time at like seven. Risky. <laughs> just a risotto yeah. takes a long time to cook. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware. I did it. I've clearly ten minutes late to my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah Pretty yeah. good um, How pretty good was it? How was though? the
0: risotto? You I'll send some your way Thanks. Listeners If you're driving Pull over Okay I'm not editing sh- I'll paste them together But I'm not editing beyond that If you're driving Pull over If you're at home Hold your loved ones close Okay We are going to cut here And then You won't notice a thing But the audio will become clearer Now Seamless transition. What a way to transition back into the episode. Sorry about that. I wonder how noticeable that's going to be in the um, audio. Or if I want to cut this part out, explaining what just happened. It could. It, listeners, you may have not noticed anything just happened, but Gaz and I have been through another trial and or tribulation just then. Do
1: you know what might be really funny is if um, the first bit it might sound like I've got an English accent, and then but then actually I don't.
0: I never. <laughs> just stopped accents, that's a joke. Yeah. Was that your Australian accent just then?
1: Well, it sort of morphed into a New Zealand Kiwi accent, didn't it? I think. Oh. Yeah. All right, you're making, I've offended, you're making enemies across the pond. I've offended everyone, so it's fine, yeah.
0: I'm offended. Oh. Um, and it's also fucked our internet a little bit. But, look, let's get in to the episode. Because while this episode is a nightmare, we're going to be talking about a movie about dreams. Oh. It is 2010- one your mind back to 2010. A young Christopher Nolan skipping down the street thinking, hey, I'm going to fuck with everyone's mind with a little film called Inception. Insert Inception sound here. Gaz, Inception is one-off, if not your favourite film. Is that correct? Yeah. I think... Ooh, I think... There was not much...
1: <laughs> yeah. Um... The
0: whole conceit of the episode has gone under now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think... Um... I almost feel ashamed to say it now, though, like because because it's it, it, it's become it's too big. It's too cliched an answer in a way like it almost feels like sometimes when I feel like I say Inception is my favorite film, I feel like maybe I'm one of those people that says, yeah, and Fa- Fast and Furious 2 is my favorite film, you know, Too what? Fast, Too Furious. You is that what just... it's called?
0: Is that what it's, you know? What it's called, sir? <laughs> what the? Why are you just copping smoke everywhere here? This is ridiculous.
1: It, look, it feels too Inception too is, mainstream now.
0: Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. No, like you know why? You know why it's a mainstream popular answer? Because it's, it's good. A pretty, it's a pretty fucking good film.
1: Yeah, I mean it is. It's I, uh, amazing.
0: I rewatched the film in preparation. For this episode, um, I, I rarely get a chance to, to do that as um, people may be able to tell from our past few episodes. I watched it, I was really ready, and then we had to delay. So look, I'm back to being a bit sketchy and I've had a few rums. Mm-hmm. So Gaz, yeah. to, to you know, get my memory going again and for those who haven't watched it recently or haven't watched it, what is Inception?
1: Inception is the, I think at the time that it was made, is the most intelligent blockbuster movie to have ever been made. And it's a film that takes us on a journey through dreams, which is on its own an amazing idea. Um, but it does it in a way that's just that so visually engaging, so visually and audibly engaging. Um, and the story is nowhere near as complicated as people like to make out that it is today with the you know the amount of times that it's parodied or spoofed and like oh well we're at what level are we in now like no come on let's be let's be let's be frank the story is about a a dad wanting to get back to his family that's ultimately what the story is about and the complexities that come with that are, are window dressing. It's, you know, it's entertainment value. But, um, you know, we have a, a brilliantly portrayed character, um, Cobb. Um, played, Dom Cobb. Dom Cobb, played by, by Leo D, um, as, as I call him.
0: Did they realise when they named him Dom Cobb that they could have named him anything? <laughs> that's one of the worst names. That's the worst name in a film Since um, Reverend Shaw Moore from Footloose.
1: Yeah, maybe. Uh, I heard about a character yesterday from... um, It's a niche TV show that my friend was telling me about. um, Called Shirley Ghost Hunter. Who is a... um, Guess guess what Shirley Ghost Hunter does for a living? Like a baker? Hunts ghosts. No. Yeah. Shirley, you're joking. Good. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Names... Could be better, but could be worse, um, as Shirley illustrates. Um, yeah, Dom Cobb, it, it, it's, not, it's not the most creative name, but that's, that doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares? Do you want to know
0: what would have made that name even worse? Do you know who was originally um, slated to play the lead in Inception? Will Smith. Yeah. Could you imagine Will Smith playing a character named Dom Cobb in a movie about dreams?
1: Um no maybe,
0: maybe it would have been better.
1: No, I don't think it would have been better. I don't think I don't think it could be much better. Um I think Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the greatest actors of our time and I think he seems like an obvious he's too obvious an answer, you know, a lot of the time as well. Um kind of like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is a fantastic actor and
0: it's... You know what? I'm going to use this platform to make an announcement about Leonardo DiCaprio. Cool. I, I've always thought he's okay. But we went and saw The Revenant together. Yeah. yeah. A long, long time ago. I didn't love it. No. I rewatched it a few weeks ago. And I will say here, it's fine. <laughs> mm. Brilliant. It's gone up one notch. Wow. It's fine.
1: I'm yeah. pleased that you've used this platform um, for that, that bold statement. Really,
0: re- we can actually cancel the podcast now. Um, that's all I really use this platform for. mm I'm at the top of my ma- the mountain, shouting out that revenant was okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but look, to get back to Inception, you know, I don't know, I don't know how much you want me to outline the actual story, but but ultimately, it's that you know, it's a it's a guy who has to perform. Essentially, it's a heist movie um, that takes place yeah within within minds, um, so which is cool.
0: The movie has a MacGuffin that is. The suitcase that can plug into people and let you go inside of their dreams. You you mentioned how this... Because this is quite an intelligent film. But upon rewatching it a few times... I love it. I will say... I will state that it is up its own ass a little bit. Why? Do you think the whole like, hey, magic box yeah. thing is a bit like... Ah, ah. The, cause, because the rest of the movie takes itself so seriously... I think as a viewer, I start looking at everything through that same lens that it's expecting you, expecting you to look at. But then when you look at that suitcase, like, what do you mean?
1: <laughs> what
0: do you mean you go people's dreams? What are you talking about?
1: I, I don't... Did that bug you or was it just me being a dick? I don't understand the problem. Um, mm. What? I'm guessing you don't own a suitcase. No. No.
0: I have a satchel bag. Yeah. Like a, like a, like a mail bag. So...
1: What I would recommend is that you purchase Mm. a suitcase and see when you get that suitcase, can you then enter people's minds?
0: Hey, look, I've been proven wrong before. Have you heard of The Revenant? It's okay. You know, I can adjust my thoughts um, as they go on. But let's move on to some of the other, the rest of the cast of the film because it is an all-star cast this film has. Mm. Ken Watanabe, in his uh, first film where he speaks primarily English as, uh, as Saito... I love Ken Watanabe. Whenever I see him in a film, when I, saw him, when I saw that he was in Godzilla, I was so happy.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then he's you like, realised he was playing Godzilla and that was surprising.
0: Unexpected. Yeah, Unexpected. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Arthur. I actually think he's the underrated character of the film. I think Arthur's my favourite character in it. Or maybe second favourite.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's great. Did all of his own stunts. Um, I think, no doubt, everyone listening has seen the the hallway scene where because of the MacGuffin suitcase's powers when a car flips on one level it causes gravity change another level they made this hallway on these big robotic arms they spun it around and they they rock-tumbled Joseph Gordon-Levitt
1: yeah real real, real stuff real set
0: real stuff yeah um, Marion Cotillard as Mal now Marion Cotillard after I saw this film for the first time I had the
1: biggest fucking crush on Marion Cotillard of course you did of course I did. Is
0: that like a bad thing or a good thing?
1: No, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I, find, I just find that incredibly unsurprising in all ways. But then she came out and
0: started saying some, some whack stuff about 9-11 being a conspiracy. I'm like, oh, hmm. Huh. Yeah. hmm.
1: What yeah. does she think about suitcases that let you enter dreams? Does she believe? Is she a believer or a non?
0: I should be a believer. Yeah, right. She has a t-shirt that says, I want to believe and has a suitcase on it. It's very confusing for people who don't know who haven't listened to this podcast. Yeah. Which is literally hundreds of people who haven't listened to this podcast. <laughs>
1: literally hundreds. <laughs> um,
0: then we've got um, Elliot Page as character whose name I cannot pronounce. Ariadne. Ariadne. Ari- oh, fuck, okay. Ariadne. Um, who plays as like sort of the audience proxy. Yeah. So but whenever character speak to them, you kind of understand what's happening in the world. Uh, also, the cause of probably the, one of the best visual scenes in the film. Oh, when they flip the world.
1: Yeah. It's Good. unreal.
0: Uh, then we've got, like, Tom Hardy, Killian Murphy, Michael kane, of course. It's yeah. Christopher Nolan's friends.
1: Yeah. The old gang They're back old together. Of, yeah. The
0: whole gang is is back together. Now, Gaz, let's go back to 20, 2010. How old would you be in
1: 2010? I was... Uh, I was 20...
0: 14, th- 15?
1: 22. I'm gonna give you a compliment. You missed it. Yeah, no, I appreciate. Tell that. me
0: about your first time watching the film. What was your first initial gut reaction to this film?
1: Do you know what? Um, I was super excited about this film coming out. There was a lot of buzz, um, and my issue was that I was I was traveling. I was busy backpacking around the world, um, so I was probably in China when this film came out and um china has cinemas don't don't get me wrong, but I kind of wasn't there. I wasn't assuming they didn't that to be honest um so i didn't I didn't watch it but what I did after china is um I went to South America and went travelling around south america with with my friend len uh who who you're you're familiar with um and len had had come over from from the u k from England. Um we went to South America together and he had just been he'd just watched it, he just watched Inception and said, Alright, like we can't waste any time. You have to watch this film. So <clears throat> we tried to cheap out and we did South America as cheaply as we could, um, which involved flying into Venezuela because like <laughs> flights to Venezuela are cheap because not many people actually want to go to Venezuela because it's often quite dangerous. So we we flew into Venezuela and then we got a bus from Venezuela to peru which is where we actually wanted to spend some time it's five five night bus journey one of the worst ordeals (laughs) of our lives thank you yeah um so we got we got to to lima and um spent a night recovering from the bus journey but the next the next evening we're like let's go and watch inception so
0: sorry can we just take it back yeah go on it just click five nights yeah in a bus
1: yeah yeah,
0: what, what? 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 No, that's I, awful.
1: I, that I think the exact same thing. Um, it so was. I'm not
0: imagining like a a uh, Australian school camp bus. I'm imagining a smaller, maybe more rickety bus.
1: Yeah, ramshackle, is is the mm. word I'd use. So yeah, I mean there was there were you know those seats. well, kind of school bus esque? Actually, those like bus seats that are like it's two seats but it's one thing like there's no separation yeah. between the seats right it's like a little sort yeah. of sofa like a, like a love seat. Yeah. yeah yeah it was that um with like metal bars and it like it didn't recline so we just slept sitting up um which isn't good for your circulation either that uh, dreadful um it was it was a terrible experience it was hot um anyway len 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 was sort of going a bit mental by the end like literally losing the plot Um, he was punching himself in the head saying just get get me off the bus anyway so we got off the bus and then the next day we watched Inception um, at a big multiplex in in Lima like their their big brand new cinema um, complex and it was I loved it so much that we went back back the next day and watched it again and then guess what Jesse guess what we did on the third night
0: Watched it again.
1: No, we back on the bus. No, we didn't. We didn't go the third. But we we did go again, like a week later. So we, I ended up watching it three times in like a, a week, um, and Can that I would have been put Len's to you fourth time.
0: But after that ordeal, um, the bus ride, not being with Len, um, you would have loved any film you watched. If it was Fast and Furious two, too Fast and Furious, if you will, mm. that would have been your favorite film. Um, do you think it had, that had something to do with it? Uh, I
1: think it, I think yeah I think in the moment I would have I would have enjoyed anything. You're absolutely right, but it's um, the difference is how long it stuck with me. Um, I think we did see another film. I think we saw something else. It was like um, the A Team or something. And um,
0: your second favorite film?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: what a what a time for cinema that was inception and the 18 that was the, that was barbenheimer-esque it,
1: yeah it really was um but yeah so the that was they it, it played in in english with spanish subtitles so you know a little easier for us as well to to consume um and yeah that was my first experience and i i, I just fell in love with it and um It's been with me ever since.
0: So the general conceit of the film is going into different layers of dreams in order to implant a a memory in in Killian Murphy's character who is modelled off basically, it's very Murdoch, it's very succession. This is like a sci-fi succession. Uh, He's he's wondering if his dad's going to leave the family business to him. Um, the family business being just some sort of money printing company, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't matter. And Cobb and the boys want to get into his mind, plants an idea deep enough in his head um, that, you know, it becomes a reality. So when he wakes up on this, on this flight from Sydney to LAX, the the lost route, um, you know, the, the, the idea that his employer wants to take hold does so. When you say it like that, it's really fucking dumb. Yeah. How do you think Christopher Nolan made that work? Because I don't think there's many directors who could have. But this could have gone wrong really easily.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know. I feel like you've ruined it for me now. Um, ruined the film. Yeah, no. Good said thing you've that. seen it three times at least. Um, how does he make? It I've ruined the whole film. for you? <laughs> Work. Um, <laughs> how does he make it work? I to, well because. <sighs> Sets it sets I, I don't know i know you have your criticisms of the suitcase but uh, the briefcase but for me he he sets it up well like it it makes sense you buy into this this conceit and like sure if you don't buy into the conceit then it's not going to work but that's the same with with anything with any kind of fantastical element to it if you if you don't want to accept if you don't want to suspend your disbelief for a moment then like yeah this is not going to work but as soon as you do that idea works and th- then then this is a very believable story within that universe i think for me one thing one thing that i will say is i always found it a little bit strange that killian murphy fisher i think isn't it fisher yeah fisher, fisher yeah that he would sort of have this this dream where this idea is implanted and kind of he he then kind of has this idea in his head, and he's like, "Yeah, fuck, hold on. I want to be my own man. I don't want, I don't want to, like, continue my dad's legacy. That was his." But he doesn't sort of think that it's particularly strange that in his dream were all the people that he's now seeing on that plane. You know what I mean? Um, that was the only thing that I always, that I kind of found a little bit funny.
0: So. Look, when I when I mentioned the briefcase thing, that was in my notes when I first watched it. I, I'm like, when they bring the briefcase out, I'm like, this is this is silly. But the rest of the film is delivered with such confidence of it doesn't like it doesn't ask you to believe in what it's saying; it's telling you to believe what it's saying. Mm. And yeah, because we have um, like Elliot Page's character acting as the proxy, every character is telling him what is. happening happening next like these are the rules that we play by here this is why like the penrose stairs like why they work and why like these rules are in in place so when you're actually in the motions of watching it the silly things like uh, why doesn't killian murphy recognize these people why is this briefcase made of magic doesn't matter Mm. it doesn't matter because you're that invested in this very confident storytelling which i think nolan does exceptionally well and he's getting better at it. We'll go through his other films in a, in a moment.
1: Yeah. Well, see, I the, that's interesting that you say he's getting better at it. I I do. I I wonder. I wonder about that in a way. Mm. Um, no, like not as a criticism. Just that I think he's kind of always been good at it, and um, progress isn't necessarily linear. And sometimes you know uh, you don't realize a peak as a peak, but it. I. I think. I think you're right. I think you're right. It's just... It's a very confident... It's very confident in what it's saying. It doesn't... The use of um, Ariadne as as that... Um, the the vessel for... Um, what's the word I'm looking for, Jesse? Um, the audience? Yes, but instead of... I just took a stab. I mean, that's not the word that I'm looking for, but the... What's the fu- the normal word? The really normal word that is like explaining everything? Exposition. There you go. Thank you. Um, exposition. To be as fair,
0: that's the- not, not not a normal word. That's one of your good Scrabble words. Let's be fair <laughs> here, okay?
1: Yeah, I mean, got an X in there. That's a f- worth a few points, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. But as your exposition vessel is just perfectly done, and like, as I I find exposition jarring, and I I hate it, but when it's natural like this and it makes sense like it makes sense that that Cobb would want uh, would want Ariadne as the person to help um you know based on what based on what his his dad has told him um so it makes sense that she's being brought in even though she doesn't understand this idea and so therefore it makes sense that everything is explained to her as if this is the first time she's hearing it so it all it all works beautifully um so I think, I think they avoid that, that issue that would otherwise plague a lot of films like this where they've got a complex idea. Um, and yeah, instead of having to say, well, since 2006, when the briefcase dream enterer invention uh, came to the mainstream, we've been able to enter dreams. Like instead of having some sort of voiceover doing that, they've got, they've got a perfectly reasonable narrative reason for that to be explained.
0: And I do like how they did explain the, the the magic briefcase beyond the bounds of what they really needed in the narrative. So you get to see like people are using it as a drug, basically mm. a very expensive drug. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, and it, it does kind of feed into the ending, which we will get so, to. So, so where the whole thing is: is he stuck there, or is he not? What's happening?
1: Yeah. Well, so I was going to say that and that that scene is where maybe the most important line of dialogue is delivered. Um which is when I think it's Cobb who asked the question, you know, like to, to but it's not real and the response is like to, but they believe it is and that's all that matters. Like that that is the that's the most important part of the film and it's what kind of all the sort of debate, I guess, and the almost almost a bit of backlash about the ending. Um that's what all of that missed in the kind of immediate years after the film, is that that it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's whether it's it falling or not. It literally doesn't matter.
0: I think Inception's ending was the first time I really Took notice of of backlash to something happening in, in pop culture, not because people didn't like it, but because they didn't understand it. Mm. It it was confronting to them. It went against their beliefs. Um, you know, it was the same reaction you get with like The Last of Us Two. You know, hey, this didn't go the way that this wasn't ha- ha- a spoon fed to me. As a viewer, I'm confused. I'm scared. Now I'm fucking angry, yeah. and that lasted for so goddamn long. We'll revisit that point in a moment because I do want to re- revisit a point that I made earlier about Christopher Nolan getting better. I have now looked at Christopher Nolan's films, and you may be correct. I may be wrong because Tenet fucking sucked. Yeah, Tenet is one the Tenet is so badly made. It's badly
1: made, <laughs> and that's crazy
0: to me for a Nolan film.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I Did you like it? No. I th- I think like I spent a fair bit of time wanting to. Um and <laughs> so like I probably came out of the cinema after seeing it and was like, "Oh, brilliant." Um but I didn't mean it. If I did, cuz it's not good. I I've I've never watched it again since and I have no desire to. It's um yeah, it's not an enjoyable experience. I think there's there are some there are some some really interesting ideas, and there's one scene that's really fucking cool. Um, you know, the sort of central tenet of the film. Um, that, hey. That's cool, um, but it just doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It, I, I don't I don't yeah. necessarily mind that you tried that film, but it doesn't work.
0: To me, so I, I try to rewatch this earlier this year, and I end up just downloading tower defense games on my phones while I was on, <laughs> and played played yeah. them, and they were a lot better than the film. Right. I don't think Tenet need to happen because it shares a lot of DNA with uh, Inception. He he had done a similar yeah. film before. I think that's a good take. I, I like it when he when he does things that are very different to the rest of his, like Interstellar. Very good film. What a score. Dunkirk rewatched that recently, liked it even more the second time. Uh, and we recently went and saw Oppenheimer, which this episode was originally gonna be about Oppenheimer, and then we thought, eh, fuck it. Yeah. Let's talk about Oppenheimer real quickly, because we haven't actually debriefed since we went and watched it um, no. when it first came out. You've had a few weeks to sit in it. What do you think?
1: So I think my only concern with Oppenheimer is that and this isn't this shouldn't be the measure of whether a film's good or not because sometimes these types of films serve a purpose but i haven't i'm not like I cannot wait till the next time I watch that film um and I don't know when I'm gonna put that in my schedule whereas uh you know inception I will watch that once a year no problem um the prestige I watch that all the time um interstellar I like, agree. Unreal film. Um, the The only reason I won't watch that is it's too, uh, it's too emotional at times. So like um, Interstellar. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's a bit much.
1: <laughs> yeah. He
0: made he made a film about um, uh, Matthew McConaughey falling into the bookshelf dimension. He made a room <laughs> full of people cry about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um,
0: and and a a, a watch. That wrote books.
1: Yeah. Does, I mean, does
0: uh, Nolan know how shit works? <laughs> oh, he's, he's a suitcase, suitcase that's made of dreams. He's a, he's a watch that writes books.
1: Yeah. I'm down. I mean, if it was up to you, films would be about pen and paper and mm. scissors only.
0: Oppenheimer. Dunkirk. Yeah. No magical things in them.
1: That's true. Yeah. Um but yeah, Oppenheimer Oppenheimer's brilliant. I think um I think the what I would have liked to have seen more of is stuff like his reaction, Oppenheimer's reaction to uh, to the bomb actually being dropped. Um you know how it sort of turned into that like nightmarish scene um and there were like there were some horror inflections in there which i really liked um i would have liked more of that like more of a a look at his kind of state of mind afterwards um because yeah that was that was a a real highlight for me
0: the way i read that because i know a lot of people have mentioned that i think it comes down to the character didn't know what happened so because it is an event that has happened over a far off place, he didn't see it. Mm. He doesn't know the details about it. All those details and vision and footage and what we know today came years down the track. But in the subsequent few weeks, all he knew was, yeah, it worked. Mm. And everything else is just what he imagined it could have been. That's my take from that. But I can also see, I, I wish there was a bit more of the, hey, that was pretty fucked up, man. Like, more of that. (laughs) I also wanted to see, and we were talking about this before we went to the film. um, Oppenheimer had connections with like occult groups, and like he wasn't part of them, but he was fascinated by it. Uh, Like Alistair Crowley and all that type of stuff. I wanted to see the weird shit. I wanted to see the weird shit. If Alistair Crowley's in a film, you could have a magical suitcase. Okay. You can have whatever the fuck that thing was at the end of Tenet.
1: Glowing diamond that sucks you into another dimension that's exactly. alistair crowley-esque yeah i didn't know they were hooked up that's interesting
0: yeah i heard that on a podcast so it may not be true i mean look everything said in the podcast is correct correct uh, Ah, yeah. so we'll just spread that rumor cool what's hey, what's Oppen- what's oppenheim gonna do he's dead
1: whoa whoa, whoa! i can whoa. say whatever
0: the fuck i want about hold
1: on him. if he was mates with alistair crowley he might not be
0: oh shit yeah. I'm going to have to... I'm glad there's no suitcases in this house. He's going to drop a bomb stuffed. on yeah, well. um, Let's go back to dreams. Yeah. Now, let's go back to dreams but step away from the film because I want to know about you. I want to know about your dreams. Do you have any weird, strange, recurring dreams?
1: I have... I have m- mental dreams. I have really vivid dreams. Like I'm,
0: I'm fucking glad you said that. Cause this podcast would have gone really downhill if you said none.
1: Yeah, no, I count myself very lucky with my dream experience. Cause like I, I, they're really interesting and entertaining. And I, like, I don't, don't have them all the time, but I'll go through phases of having like super vivid ones. And I actually, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I kind of I keep a bit of a dream diary. When I when I have a really good one, I'll write it down because they're amazing and it's ama- it's an amazing record to have because I can go back and read dreams that I had 10 years ago and be like, fuck, that is insane. That is insane. Um, but they're very hard to describe um, because there's lo- like lots of things change and some things are conceptual and it's like I'm sort of piecing together what it kind of felt like rather than what it literally was. Do you know what I mean? Um, But in terms of recurring themes, there's one thing I've been able to pick out, like having gone through my dream diary over the years. Um, There's a lot, (laughs) this is such a mundane detail, but I promise you that they're more interesting than this sounds. But there's a lot of moving through corridors, like tight Corridors like small enclosed spaces and like moving through them that that seems to come up a lot, and it doesn't matter. Like, it can be a weird dream about sort of living in sort of a space community, but there'll be a moment when I'm going through a like a corridor, and that's that bit stays with me, or there'll be a dream where I'm living in like medieval Belgium, but I'm going through this weird like wooden corridor. I don't know what that means. Do you?
0: I'm hoping. Well, I, 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 I don't know. It's tra- traveling. When, mm-hmm. you, when, when you say corridors, it's almost like you're, you're dreaming of being in severance. Because whenever I think of corridors, I think of those scenes in severance when they're going in loops. Uh, yeah. But then you throw of the medi- medieval stuff. I, li- I like how the concept is uh, going through different time times and such.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there might be something in there. Um, I, severance I like the is idea good. We should talk about severance one day.
0: Oh, done. Locked, locked. Hundred percent locked it in. Sweet. One of the best i have ever seen. Um, I imagine there's somebody on the bus who knows this stuff about dreams. I don't know when they're on the bus, and they're just like, "He's gonna die."
1: That means he's gonna die.
0: No, I not cause, that. Should we Google what it means?
1: What corridors? Yeah, go and do it quick.
0: Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it. Well, this, this has never happened on, on on a podcast before. But while I look for this, I will tell you about. It. I I've had. A, I used to have a recurring dream mm. that I was laying in water drowned i don't know i was awake still so probably not but near a pier okay and there was one day back in the days when i used to be in a band we didn't practice were you in a band jesse i was in a band yeah um yeah yeah. great great one of the greatest bass players like i said anything said in the podcast is true Mm -hmm. um and we didn't practice often which anyone who came and saw us could attest to Mm. sometimes we would wrap up early and we would go to st kilda beach and just just chill there sometimes we'll t- take a guitar play some Jack Johnson no, never <laughs> but we're walking along like St Kilda beach and I kind of stopped like hey this place looks familiar it was it was like that spot so apparently I'm going to drown there
1: um, wow well I hope just just avoid St Kilda and then I just you, avoid the water you'll never I don't die. Even
0: wash yeah. I, I'm not made for the beach so I mean, drowning no. in the ocean is
1: yeah it's unlikely
0: it's unlikely yeah Uh, What do corridors in dreams mean? All right. It can suggest how you are moving into the neutral space that allows you to make changes. This is a transitional space which connects rooms or aspects of the psyche. Whatever is happening in the hallway or corridor is symbolic of your desire to explore change in an objective way.
1: Yeah, okay. So... You're going to die soon. (laughs) Death, yeah. (laughs) Man, I was really enjoying it as well. Life. Life. Yeah. You
0: do not... You... Look, you're getting better at it. Us, you know?
1: Honestly, like, yeah. Killing spiders now. Killing spiders. That's... You've
0: been on this podcast. You've been in Love Letters. So, top of the mountain. True. True. Make sure you watch Inception again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Before my time is up. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Do
0: you... Actually, I've been having a lot more vivid dreams lately. But I have them... I, I'm, I don't sleep very well. I often yeah. wake up at like four o'clock. And then I'll go back to sleep. It's whenever I fall, whenever I wake up, and then go back to sleep. That's when I have a really vivid dream. I had one yeah. a few nights ago, where I went to Sydney for a job interview at a place that sold boats and jet skis,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was run by my friend Jade, oh, yeah. um, somebody from who I follow on Twitter, and then a really tall guy and a really short guy, and they were interviewing me.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, and. I did well because I was lying. I was using like weed sales technique and stuff like that. It was very strange, and yeah. it, it stuck with me now.
1: Well, the, so there's there is there is science, there is biology behind that idea of like when you when you wake up and then go back to sleep. It's because it's when you're in a lighter phase of sleep that you remember your dreams. So it's not that you're not dreaming before that, like when you're in deep sleep, but you don't remember them. So uh, light sleepers like me or you from the sounds of things, um we we tend to we tend to remember our dreams a little more. So um uh Sorry, yeah, that's science. I
0: thought I would Google what does a jet ski in a dream Because there were a lot of jet skis. Death. And, well, on a jet ski. I'm gonna drown on a jet ski. No, I'm no, gonna be like drown. DJ falling off the jet ski.
1: Yeah, you'll drown off the jet ski. You'll drown next a, to a jet like, ski. Um,
0: I'm going to be like DJ Khaled. Have you ever seen that video?
1: No. but You
0: know, you know DJ Khaled?
1: Yeah.
0: The video, please look it up on YouTube, <laughs> okay. where he was, it's just like a string of all his TikToks or Twitter videos or whatever, where he went out on a jet ski, but got lost. <laughs> but okay. He was like right along the base so and there was, he could see houses, but he had no way of getting off the jet ski. And right. he's, tr- he's on this thing. And for some reason, he has two phones. So he's able to film himself while on, on his phone calling for help. And it's so it's one of the most bizarre things. Like, why would you post that?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But anyway, I digress. This website, uh, auntieflow.com, friend of the show, okay. has a page dedicated to jet ski dream meaning, And it's all <laughs> nicely colored. I'm not sure how well you can see this, but there is like a, a fairy style um, art of... A man in a jet ski? Oh yeah, it, it looks like a unicorn painting you'd see inside of a van.
1: Doing some tricks on the jet ski, from the looks of things, is that?
0: Yeah, oh, there is, there is literally, I would say, two thousand words going through <laughs> what jet skis can mean. Uh, jet skis in a dream usually are dreams of having fun, either solo or the group. So I'm either gonna have a wank or be in an orgy on a jet ski
1: yeah I know which one I think is more likely f- for you um, yeah, the
0: podcaster's life yeah um, it's very popular you know I, what I mean? wonder
1: what a dream about you know some a group of a group of robbers essentially coming in and stealing stuff from putting stuff into my mind what that might mean does it mean I need to give up my father's business empire? It means you need to
0: invent the magical suitcase. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: But if you were stuck in a dream, part of the film is the totems. For to each character, look, look at how seamlessly we went back into this film. Slipped mm. into people's minds without them knowing. In the film, to realise if you are in a dream state or not, so you don't get lost in there like Mal does. Yeah. People have totems, which are small, heavy objects that only the owner knows about. So... Yeah. um with uh joseph gordon levitt's character he has a loaded die and he doesn't let anyone else touch it because he knows the exact weight of it he knows how it's going to roll everything like that mm. and that keeps him in grounded we mentioned before the spinning top which we'll get to in a moment but i want to know
1: Gaz, what would your totem be i should have prepared for this because this is Was the obvious, that little metal ball you found before the obvious question yeah well it's really weird like it's so small that you can't see it but it's it's literally like a spinning top. Can you see that?
0: That is so. Listeners pre-show during all sorts of um, uh, risotto slash tarantula dramas. Gaz yeah. found a small metal ball and he was very excited by it. It is very very small. It is metallic and it's it's ball in in nature. Would that be your totem?
1: No, no. What, do you reckon this would work? I don't know. Um, it's I, not real. I, no, but I think I think like. What about like a, a Game Boy, right? But it doesn't have any batteries in it, but it works even without the batteries when I'm in a dream, and then it doesn't work without the batteries when I'm. Out I don't of the
0: think dream. you. I, I don't think you get to get like have that. You you can't say what it does in the dream, what it does outside the dream.
1: Well, who didn't didn't Dom decide that the spinning top was going to keep spinning, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt decided the dice the die was going to be. Because I thought it was meant to be... I don't really understand the dice one.
0: At the start of the film, Saito, they're in Saito's dream. yeah, And he falls on the carpet and he has this whole monologue about it being shag pile, but no, it's polyester. He wouldn't fucking know Christopher. Come on, Christopher. Yeah. But he has this whole thing where he knows that. I thought that's what the totems were, where it's like, I know everything about this object. If you try to get in my dream, you don't know what this is, so you you can't create it like this is. So with the dice, somebody would just make a normal dice and he, he could be like, wait, this is weighted wrong. This isn't correct. But the spinning mm. top doesn't quite make sense because why in a dream, if somebody yeah. else created that dream and created his spinning top, why would they make it spin forever? Right. There I, are people yelling at their headphones right no. now because we've misunderstood the film. I I,
1: no, I, I've never I've never fully understood it. And obviously, I love this film. I think... I'm glad that you've said this because i've always felt ashamed to admit <laughs> i don't quite understand this part i don't get it i don't understand the spinning top like i understand it's 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 like you know symbolic significance particularly at the end of the film and how that actually doesn't matter he's abandoning that he's saying i don't care i don't need to know if this is reality or not this is my reality but my problem is, if he like he goes off, he sees his kids who he hasn't seen for ages. Am- amazing moment. Like, but let's say he forgets about the spinning top for a couple of days. But he comes down, goes to make breakfast. And he's like, oh, f- there's that spinning top still going. Jesus. Because that
0: table was full of fresh fruit. So yeah. he would go back there to get an apple and a banana there. for himself or the kids. Yeah. That spinning top's still going. He's like, hey, Michael Caine, kill me. Yeah, he's like Master Wayne. I can't do that. That's my Michael Caine impression. <laughs> yeah, oh, Master good. Wayne.
1: Um, I don't know. And what would your also totem wait, be?
0: If it's sorry, wait. If it's Dom's own dream, yeah. wouldn't he make it that the totem falls over to trick himself into believing it's real?
1: I didn't, no. I don't sense? think. I don't think that's how it works. I think. I think it's a thing that it's a thing that works in a different way in your dream. And I think you do. Have, I think you have preset that. I think you can fiddle with the settings before you go into a dream and you decide... But how
0: would that work if you are in somebody else's dream?
1: Because you're because taking... Because their totem you, stool. But you're still taking it with you. Like, you know, how you're do you taking... you take
0: your, it with you? It's on you. That suitcase doesn't have a little pocket.
1: Right. And how do they take b- clothes? Put, how do they take their clothes with them?
0: That's a good question. We should have seen Ken Watanabe's, you know, hog. Right. Why, why does it always come back to that with you? Ken Watanabe's penis. Yes. Specifically.
1: Every look, time. Look,
0: I haven't mentioned it since your wedding.
1: Okay. Yeah. I know, but so I'm doing pretty well. Didn't need to be in the speech. Yeah, but look, I
0: wonder what Kent Waddenabee penis dreams mean. <laughs> Google a it. I wonder if Aunt Flo <laughs> has... No, I, I mean, I'll Google later on. Uh, my totem. Yes. Sometimes I think of something that I carry around all the time that has a very specific feel to me. I feel like it would be my headphones. So I've got these Sony over-ear headphones, and I I wear headphones all the time. I mm. have two sets on my PC: one for doing the podcast, it's like a little Audio Technica in-ears. I have the Sony ones. I have I probably about seven or eight different pairs, but this particular pair I know they they fit. I know they kind of click in a bit of a weird way. I've had them for a few
1: years. Yeah. I think it would be them. Okay. So what what settings would you have them preset with for your on, dreams? Just just, just on. It's
0: on. I don't mess around with settings I turn, Oh, sorry. I turn the uh, noise cancelling on, which will be good because in the dreams it seems like everyone else is a bit of a dick. Especially when they realise like but who I you think, are. Again,
1: I think you're mis- I think you're still misunderstanding. I thought I was misunderstanding the tomes. I think you're fully misunderstanding because it's something to signify to you that you are in a dream. So if you so go into,
0: I don't mind being stuck in a dream. I have. N- I don't care. All right. <laughs> sick
1: like right. yeah
0: it's that whole thing of the you know in the matrix yeah there's a meme going around at the moment which is morpheus it's like from like a reddit post that has like the green text underneath it and just morpheus screaming he's like neo wake up come join me in this shitty world where you know there's no food we eat paste yeah and everything's garbage or you can live you know in um in, in the matrix itself that's what it is i'd rather live in the matrix because it seems okay.
1: Sure.
0: Nice. I don't need to know the truth. Let me live in my little bubble. Let me put my cool Sony headphones
1: on. Sponsored by Sony. Thank you very much. But, okay. I'm
0: fine with it. Fuck conception.
1: Right. So you don't need a totem. You don't want a totem. You just I want, want some my headphones.
0: Yeah. Gaz promised me something. If you're like my dreamscaper, which I don't think they call the film, but they should have been called that. If you're yeah. the dreamscaper, give me better headphones. Give me the model up. The XM5s. You were just raving about the ones that you've got. Mm, you can always want more.
1: You can, hey, don't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Oh, very good, very good. Fuck yeah, yeah, well done. Yeah, that, was, that was a great line. Um,
0: yeah, I, 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 I love um, uh, Tom Hardy. E- and Eames, Eames, uh, Tom Hardy, and anything he's in. Yeah, he's always a good. To- Have you seen those old MySpace photos of Tom Hardy?
1: No. Oh, please.
0: I'll send you some stuff after this.
1: Please send. Yes, please.
0: <laughs> They're very, very good. Okay, let's start to let's. We're in the final phases here. Okay, we're in the the fifth level of this dream. Yeah, we did mention the spinning top. The Uh big question was it a dream? Was it a dream? Came down to does the top fall? Does it wobble? Does it continue?
1: Yeah.
0: What do you? Look, I know you already answered this, saying it doesn't really matter. But I'm gonna ask you anyway. What do you think that spinning top did?
1: It literally doesn't matter. Like. Is the this is the thing. Like, even saying it doesn't really matter, but is is missing the point in my opinion. Because this is the whole thing. He has accepted that this is reality and that's that's it, right? So this is this is Dom Cobb's reality. And who are we to say that it's not real? or it is real it's not up to us to make that judgement it is real to him and that's what matters that and that's 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 it and once once you accept a reality then that's all that that's that's it that is re, that is reality you you say this is real well it is that's what makes it real and so th- the top i mean the answer is it it does topple and it is real but it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter but it starts to wobble and also Chris it Nolan said it, See? It, 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 it's, it is, but it's fine. Yeah, but Christopher Nolan doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. You
0: made a magical suitcase. Calm down. Yeah. Hey, this isn't fucking Harry Potter, mate. Look, for me, when I watch it again, it wobbles and then straightens back up. I was like, eh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about, enough about spinning tops. Okay. I'll admit Facebook. it. Hey, guys, I'll be the first to admit it. <laughs> I don't know much All about right. spinning tops.
1: Well, okay. take that off your CV because I've seen...
0: Oh, but then I won't get the jet ski job. Uh... <laughs> But I thought the whole thing was because he builds a lot with memories, even though he knows he shouldn't. Some of like that he would build from a memory, but he would have no memory of those kids turning around. So when they turn around, it shows you this is real. That's yeah. the way I interpret it. But yeah. also at the same time, why are the kids playing in the exact same spot that they did when their dad left? Why is everything the exact same? That's also a bit strange. Like he's been gone for X amount of time. Wouldn't he come home and they're playing like, I don't know, what game was that 2010? Assassin's Creed 2? <laughs> like, wouldn't they have grown up a little bit? How long has he been gone for?
1: They'd be busy watching the A Team movie.
0: The A Team, <laughs> B- yeah. busy planning a trip to Peru. Be like, ah, don't get on the bus. Yeah. The twist is the kids were you and Len.
1: Yeah. If I. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Gaz, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah that, was, that was strange. We let's end here because we're getting into your dreams, and I don't want to be in this hellscape that you're going to create. Put your headphones um, on
1: just to see if it's real. <laughs>
0: They're not mine. No. <laughs> um, can you describe your relationship with Inception in three words?
1: Oh shit!
0: You asked me to do this. Look at this. <sighs> Too busy killing, killing spiders and wishing you had risotto.
1: Yeah. No, we had like a pizza thing at work today, so I'm I'm fine on the risotto. But thank you. Um. Fuck. Okay. My relationship with Inception is that it's my my newest nostalgia. Like, you know how like nostalgia shit of my
0: chemical Romance cover band.
1: <laughs> you know how like nostalgia is like reserved for when you're when you're a when you're a kid. You know, you have you, you feel nostalgia yep. for things that you experience when you're like ten. But I experienced this as a twenty two year old, but it takes me back to a time when I was, you know, travelling the world and
0: yeah, no, I, I'll allow. It. I reckon you can be nostalgic for anything in the previous decade of your life. So now you're in your 30s. You can be nostalgic for anything in your 20s. Yeah. That's the rule okay. I'm laying out. Christopher Nolan can make either rule of inception, these are my rules. Also, COVID does make that a little bit wonky because anything pre COVID you can be nostalgic
1: about. That's true. That is true. Um, I'm, I'm nostalgic for working with you. That was a, that feels like that was a different At the jet time stole, that, that was great. It? That was yeah, um, yeah. Me, you, Jonathan, paper. Man, oh, Johnny Three B. of us had such a blast. Um, but yeah, it, it, like it's it's a big. It was a big. It's a big feature of that time in my life. Like that was when I was just talking about Inception all the time and and thinking about it and reading other people's theories and crafting my own and and yeah it it's um it's a big symbol of my early 20s and who do, who doesn't love their early 20s I haven't moved on from it I've still got the same haircut yeah uh, maybe also if A team is one word I think I think yeah better, I'll allow it for that better than A team
0: other than that case I will not allow it no
1: but sorry you know, be, it can either be better than fall.
0: A or better than team <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah just better than 18. All
0: right. Let's wrap it up here. But Gaz, where do you even need to plug? Where can people find you? What are you what are you doing nowadays?
1: Where are you? Uh, well, look, Fan Critical is on a hiatus at the moment. Um, but we on strike. have got Yeah, we're cool. supporting the the strike obviously. Well um, but actually we're doing the opposite cuz we're kind of writing stuff. So, um yep fan critical as a podcast is is sort of you know we're we're winding things up a touch. but what I will say is, um please keep an eye on us on social media, just fan critical two words, um, because we've got some we've got some exciting things coming in the pipeline, some uh, original creations. Uh, yes,
0: I think um when they come to pass. Um, we'll have you. I want to have you guys back on here to discuss them a bit more.
1: Yes, please. That would be you can do a
0: love letter than your own creation. I'll allow it. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. I mean, if you don't love what you're doing, why are you doing it? You know, hobby. I need yeah. to spend time yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> now you can find old episodes of, of Fan Critical on Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcasting platforms. Where you can also find this podcast that you listen to right now. Spotify, iTunes, da-da-da-da. go like it. You've already listened to it, so I hope you liked it. Give us a review. We're still in our early days, so those reviews really help out. While you're there, also make sure to check out uh, Dialogue Options podcast if you want to get a bit more video games up in ya. Uh, we're okay, on. I will. Yeah, get get involved. Uh, we're also on your socials, we're on Threads. <laughs> Some sometimes I look. I'm the social media manager, and I've got I've got a jet ski business to run now, so. Yeah. We are on Threads. We're more on Instagram, but both at Love Letters Show One Word, and we're on Twitter. But again, some jerk stole my handle, so we're at Love Underscore Letters Pod over on that hell site. With that, Gaz, thank you very much for
1: joining in to talk about Inception. Oh, no problem. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Anytime.
0: I um, uh, hope you had fun, listeners. Thank you for sticking through some
1: technical issues.
0: Start, but I think let's see how well I end them. Who knows? Be a bumpy ride. It may not be noticeable, you know. But
1: it's gonna be chaos.
0: Yeah, will be. Thank you for tuning in. Go watch some movies, play some games, get in a bus to Peru. Live your life. We'll catch you next week. Bye.